couldn't find the music to the song, so I just went and just memorized my head and did it. <laughs>
talk in that thing and see if it works. Praise the Lord. It ain't working. Is it working? One light's a blinking, one light's on. What is that thing? Now, blinking fast. Something ain't working. Testing one, two, three. Yes, working. Testing one, two, three. It's working. Okay. Come on, try. Will you tell me? No. <laughs> <laughs> amen. It's good to see each one of you tonight. Amen. Lord, what a Savior we have. Amen. He is good to us in spite of us. And we thank God for each one of you coming again tonight and uh, worshiping with us, seeking the Lord with us. And I've not arrived, I've not obtained, but I am in pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not satisfied where I am spiritually, and I want to know more of Him. And we'll see more of that tomorrow night in the last message tomorrow night. He said, be still and know that I'm God. And so praise the Lord for each one of you coming tonight. Thank the uh, ladies that provided the meal again tonight. It was a wonderful time, a wonderful time just to fellowship. And we thank you for your friendship. And each one of you pastors that have come uh, to be with us, we praise God for you taking time to come and to worship with us. And you know, pastors are, uh, it says in Ephesians 4, they're gifts of God to the church. Amen. And churches need to receive them as a gift and treat them as the very gift of God that they are to the body of Christ. We thank you, pastors, for coming being with us. And each one of you that are here tonight, may that we, we leave with this being good uh, to be in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we want to turn again to the Psalms 46. Is our text in Psalms 46. And we'll read the text again. But we're just going to look at one verse tonight. We only have time for one verse. In Psalms 46, verse 1, if you found your place, we'll stand in the reverence of the reading of God's Word. If you're not able to stand, it's okay. You don't have to. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there's a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her at that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salem. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear asunder. He burneth the chariot of the fire. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Let's pray. Father, again tonight. Lord, we thank You that we're able to call You Abba Father by Your Spirit You put within us. 
Lord, it's simply by Your grace and Your mercy that You allow us an audience into Your very throne room tonight. And Lord, we come humbly, Lord, tonight just to bow in Your presence as Your people. And Lord, we're asking and seeking and knocking that it may be open unto us, but Lord, not to consume upon our lust, but Lord, that You might be magnified and glorified in our lives and our situations. Oh God, open our eyes. We want to see Jesus. Lord, open our ears. We need to hear You speak to us tonight. God, we're asking You to do in us and through us what we cannot do, O Lord, in the realm of the Spirit. God, help us, Lord. We beseech Your source of glory. God, we're crying in our affliction knowing that Thou wilt hear and help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen Amen. and amen. You may be seated. We have been looking in this passage and we have seen the sovereignty of God is our refuge. We have seen the security of God as our refuge. We have seen the power of God, the protection of God. We have been to the river. We have seen the refuge, been to the refuge, and tonight is reconciliation. We have seen the sovereignty of God as our refuge. The security of God is our refuge. And tonight we're going to be looking at the sufficiency of God is our refuge and it speaks of peace. Psalms 9, 9 says, The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in trouble. Now the Bible says in Amos 3, 3, How can two walk together except they be agreed? Now if two parties are in agreement, that means there's the absence of opposition. If there's the absence of opposition and there's agreement, there means there has been reconciliation. Now God created man in His likeness and His image for His glory. God's got a plan and a purpose for His pleasure. And He created man, His likeness and His image, to commune with man and fellowship with man. And man commune with God. And God would come in the cool of the garden. And and man would run to God and fellowship with God because man was at peace with God. Now we talked about peace. We know that liar, the devil came, put it in the mind of man, the heart of man, deceived him. You don't have to come under the authority of God. God said to eat that you shall surely die. You shall not surely die. God doesn't know everything. He is not the sovereign authority that you think He is. And He put it in the mind of man to reject God, rebel against God, and renounce the authority and the sovereignty of God. And the Bible says by one man sin has entered into the world and death by sin and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death and now man is at enmity against God, an enemy of God because of the evil that's in his heart. He is separated from God. God would come in the cool of the day and now man is running from Him. Hiding among the trees of the garden. Why? Man no longer wants to be in the presence of God. Wants nothing to do with God. Amen. Because he's at enmity against God. He's opposed to God. 
all that he stands for. But in Genesis 3 and 21, it says the Lord God made coats of skins and clothed them. Now notice who's taken the initiative. The Lord God. Man's running from Him. Man hates God. Man's an enemy of God. But it's God that takes the initiative and comes to man right where he is when he's unlovely and ungodly. Man, that's grace when God don't give us what we deserve. And God made coats of skins and clothing. Now notice in that text, the Lord God, capital L-O-R-D. Anytime in your Bible, when you see the capital L-O-R-D, that's Yahweh or Jehovah. Now the word God there is Elohim. That's the trinity, plurality of God. But the Lord God... Yahweh, Elohim. And whenever you see the capital L-O-R-D, Amen, brother, that is sovereign God doing for man what man cannot do for himself. Acting on the behalf of man to bring reconciliation and redemption and salvation. Doing for man what man cannot do for himself. And that word coats of skins and clothing, you can look that up in the Hebrew and it means atonement. God in His plan and His purpose for His pleasure was bringing an atonement for their sin. And atonement means reconciliation. God was reconciling man unto Himself. Because man's at enmity against his Creator. And now, man's back in the right relationship and fellowship with his Creator. Because of the work of grace, the work of God. And I believe that God killed an innocent lamb to cover their nakedness. You say, how do you get that? Well, we do know from the Bible that it says, Abel brought the firstling of his flock and sacrificed to God and it was acceptable to God. I personally think that his daddy said, now listen sons, when me and your mama rebelled and renounced and rejected the authority of God and thought we knew more than God did, listen, God killed the innocent lambs, amen, to cover our nakedness. Listen, the Bible does tell us Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God in His sovereignty is introducing humanity to His plan and purpose of reconciliation. And so Abel, you said yes sir, and he brought the first thing of his flock and it was acceptable. It was a sacrifice that was acceptable to God. Listen, he said, son, if you're going to walk with God and worship God and know the way, you're going to have to come the way of God. And that's ways through the blood. The innocent dying for the guilty. There's consequences for our sin. He told that to Cain. Cain said, I don't care what daddy says. I don't care what God requires. I don't want to worship God the way my mom and daddy tells me to worship God. I don't want their old time religion. I'm going to approach God on my terms and God's just going to have to like it or else. 
God don't have to like nothing you offer Him. And God rejected Cain's sacrifice because it wasn't the blood. The Bible says we're not redeemed with silver and gold or vain traditions received of our fathers, but with the precious blood of the Lamb without spot and without blemish. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Brother, tonight only the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect sinless Lamb of God, can bring reconciliation. Amen. Amen. It says in Romans 5 and 1, we are justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about a peace from God and the peace of God, and that's what everybody wants. Well, I want peace from God. I want the peace of God. Listen, brother, you will not have the peace of God or peace from God until you are at peace with God. Amen. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And the only way you're going to be reconciled to a holy, sovereign God is through His provision of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's way of salvation. It's only one. It's His provision. I'll read you that. It's in the Bible. Colossians 1. Listen there. It says in verse 20. And we're talking about peace. Having made peace through the blood of His cross. Yes. Now notice that we, 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 we see people all the time and, and of our families and friends and we say... Well, I hope they make peace with God. Listen, you don't make peace with God. You're an enemy of God. You're an enmity against God. Living in rebellion, rejection, and renouncing His Word. It's God that makes peace with you. Look at that. Having made peace. How? Through the blood of His cross. It's His work. By Him. To reconcile all things unto Himself. This is the work of God, folks. By Him, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Listen, we've already covered that this earth is groaning and travailing under the curse and all of humanity is under the curse of sin. And brother, it's the work of grace and the work of God and reconciliation. That's why He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And when you're regenerated by the Holy Ghost of God, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature, amen, created in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Regeneration. Reconciliation. So we hear it comes by the way of the cross. And you that were once, in verse 21, you that were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Now, hallelujah, hath He reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death. Why did he do all that? To present you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Brother, God's doing for me what I can't do for myself. Brother, at my best, I'm an enemy of God, renouncing, rebelling, rejecting the authority of God over my life. Amen. But brother, it's God doing for me what I cannot do for myself. And the plan of God, and the purpose of God, for the pleasure of God to present me in His eternal presence, 
Paul is unblameable, unreprovable for all eternity. Amen. God's doing something in your life tonight. You know why? There's the plan of God and the purpose of God for the pleasure of God and we are the people of God in the process. We're in the process of God tonight. We're work in process. And that's what I want us to look at. Going back to our text now in Psalms 46 and verse 8. We're just going to look at verse 8 tonight. Look what he says, come. What we're going to see here, he says, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He has made in the earth. That first word is come. You know what that is? That's an invitation. Come. God's inviting us to come. We've already preached it, amen. When God is going to pour out His wrath and His judgment globally upon humanity, amen. Brother, He told Noah to build the ark. That ark was a refuge, amen, for the coming storm of God's wrath and judgment, amen. And brother, when it came time, the Bible says, God said, Noah, come into the ark. Why did He say come into the ark? Because God was in there, amen. And the Bible tells us, God's in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. Come. There's the invitation to come to the refuge, amen. And Noah and his family believe God. Here's a picture of salvation by grace through faith, amen. No, we're not saved of ourselves, amen. Not a works lest any man should boast. This is God's provision. This is God's way. There's the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. And they entered into that door. And God shut the door. And God poured out His wrath and His judgment globally and destroyed them all. But those eight souls in that refuge, was saved because that refuge gives salvation and security and safety from the storm of God's wrath. That's what saved means, amen. We're saved from something, amen. Glory. That's right. We saved from the coming wrath of the judgment of God. So there's the invitation to come. Come to the refuge. Then we saw the invitation to come to the river. What does he say in Revelations 22 and 17? The Spirit says, Come, and the bride says, Come, let him that heareth come, let him that is a thirst, let him come and drink of the fountains of living waters freely. Brother, you got an invitation tonight to come to the river. Then there's tonight we're going to see the invitation to come to reconciliation. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy labor, and I'll give you rest. See, God wants to give you something you don't have. Rest. How do we get that? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. But notice, this yoke. What does a yoke do? It joins us. It connects us. It binds us. To work alongside of the one we're joined to. To walk in unison. To walk in step. This yoke is reconciliation. 
Tonight we have the invitation, amen, from a sovereign God to come. Whoever comes to the island, no wise cast out. Brother, I don't care about the sin of your past. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. He's given the invitation to come. Not only see the invitation, but look at the next word of verse 8 is behold. That's observation. Bill, why did, why did uh, uh, John the Baptist say, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. You need a Savior? Observe Him. Look at Him. You need a sin forgiver? There He is. Watch Him. You need a Lamb that's perfect, without spot, without blemish? Observe His life. He's sinless. There's the Savior of the world. There's the Son of God. There's the Lamb of God. Watch this. That'll take away the sins of the world. Yeah. You see, atonement, the high priest in the Old Testament had to go once a year and make atonement for the sins of the people. Didn't last. Brother, now we got a high priest. Yeah. And brother, he didn't go into the holiest of holies with the ashes of a heifer and the blood of a goat. He went with his own blood. He poured it on the mercy seat and obtained eternal redemption for our soul. Amen. To reconcile us to a holy God. Takes it away. Amen. And praise God. You know what God says? When your sins is under the blood, He said, I remember them no more. And I ain't got time to go up this road. Amen. But the devil wants to take our past sins of the past and he wants to repeatedly beat us on the head with them of guilt and shame and beat us down and say, you're not worthy to go to the house of God and worship God. Look where you've been. Look what you've done. You say, yeah, devil, I know I went down that road. But I'm telling you, I've been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and God has forgotten me. Leave me alone. Amen. I'm going to walk with God from here on up this road. An agreement. Yoked with Him. Not only see, uh, I don't want to get off into that. Come behold. See, that's a wonder. See, it's a wonder to me, amen, Brother Mark, that when man in our damnation and depravity and separation that this sovereign God is even mindful of us. Amen. Knowing what we deserve. That He comes to us on our behalf. Amen. Because He desires reconciliation. And that's a wonder. It's a wonder He saved any of us. Amen. When we all deserve hell. Not only we see a wonder here, but there's, a, there's the works. It says, come behold the works of the Lord. That's important. That's the work of the Lord. And that's what I've been putting together. Amen. I mean, brother, salvation is a work of God. The works of the Lord. It says in Psalms 19 and 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament His handiwork. Listen, there's Isaiah in 14 and 26. This is the purpose that was purposed upon the whole earth. This is the hand that stretched out upon all the nations. Now we have seen the sovereign hand. We've seen the saving hand. We've seen the sustaining hand. And tonight we're seeing the stretched out hand of God. Stretched out upon all nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purpose 
And who shall disannul it? His hand is stretched out. And who shall turn it back? Brethren, that's just simply saying God's got a plan and a purpose for His pleasure and I don't care who you are or what you do, you ain't going to stop it. Yes, right. yes. Brother, this earth, I ain't going to re-preach it, amen. This earth is going to burn and be and dissolve with a fervent heat. Listen, He spoke this world into existence and He's going to speak it out of existence. He designed it, He's going to dissolve it. Verse 6, we said last night, He speaks in the word of His voice and the earth melts. Just dissolves. Because He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. The absence of sin, the corruption, confusion, calamity. So we're talking about the works of the Lord. Now here's what I want to preach on. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations He hath made in the earth. That word desolations in the Hebrew, it means ruin by implication. Ruin by implication. In other words, it's a purpose. And so what we have here, remember in 2 Chronicles, Solomon gives his builds the temple. Gives the sermon of dedication, the prayer of dedication. The manifested presence of God comes and fills the Lord's house and the people fall on their face in humiliation. And the Lord says, If I shut up the heavens, there be no rain. If I send locusts to devour the land. If I send pestilence upon my people. Folks, that's desolation. Who's doing the sin? The sovereign God. What is desolation? It's ruin. But it's by implication. It has a purpose. It has a reason. What did he say in verse 14? If my people who are called by my name would what? Humble themselves. Because brethren, we won't get humble until we start hurting. Amen. And God knows how to turn up the heat. If my people will call by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. That's reconciliation. So what we have is desolation, is ruined by implication for humiliation to bring us to reconciliation. So there's a purpose. And we're just going to take each one of these tonight. I mean, first of all, there's a drought. If I shut up the heavens, there'll be no rain. Well, there's many famines and many droughts in the Bible, but uh, the Lord gave me the life of Joseph. Remember Joseph, the Lord gave him a dream and that all of his brothers would bow down to him and his mother and father bowed down to him. The Lord gave him this revelation. He didn't know what it meant, but he got excited that the Lord would just speak to him. Amen. And he goes and shares it with his family and they got jealous. I learned a long time ago, amen, you better be careful what God shows you sometimes. Amen. Some folks just can't handle it. 
And his brothers, I mean, who are you? You're the youngest of the bunch and you think we're going to bow down to you? That'll never happen. And what they wanted to murder him because of the evil and the envy that's in their heart with strife and jealousy and contention, every evil work. But they spared him, sold him into slavery, went home and told daddy he's dead. A wild beast, daddy. You know what we got here? A dysfunctional family. <laughs> anybody here know anything about that? <laughs> dysfunctional family. Here's a man that's hated by his brethren. His father thinks he's dead. He's grieving. Goes into slavery. His master of the house he's serving wants to commit adultery with him. He says, I will not sin against God. He knew what it was in the Old Testament. He called it sin. And he took off running and she lied on him. And got him put in prison. Now you know what he did in prison? He just kept running to the refuge. God is my refuge. And strength. Very present help in trouble. I'm in trouble. And I don't know what to do and I don't know how to get out of this. He just kept sitting by that river exhibiting a calm faith. And in Genesis 39, three times in that chapter it says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. Now he's in prison. But yet that calm faith that he exhibited, amen, because he just keeps running to the refuge and sitting by the river, amen, and the river of God flowing in him and out of him, amen, it was visible to others and it said the keeper of the prison just turned everything over to Joseph, amen, because the hand of God was on him. Years went by. The baker and the butler had a dream Joseph interpreted the dream and it happened just like he said. And the baker was killed. And the butler was elevated back to his position. But Joseph is forgotten in jail. Years go by. Years. I think the best I could tell, 12, 13 years he's in that dungeon, in that prison. In a dysfunctional family that thinks he's dead and gone. But he just keeps running to the refuge, sitting by the river. In spite of the situation and the circumstances. Then old Pharaoh had a dream. Seven fat cows, seven skinny cows, seven fat ears of corn, seven skinny ears of corn, nobody can interpret the dream. And then the, uh, that baker, he remembered, uh, that butler, he remembered that there's a guy in prison to interpret our dreams and happened just like he said. He said, go fetch him. They cleaned him up and brought him before Pharaoh. He's 30, the Bible tells us he's 30 years of age when he stands before Pharaoh. He was 17 when he was sold by his brother. All these years, he just keeps walking with God. In spite of the situation, the trials, the troubles, the tribulations, and how the world's treating him. 
He interprets the dream. He said there's going to be seven years of plenty and there's going to be seven years of drought. He said you better get ready. He said there's starvation and desolation coming. You better get ready. Now listen, only the sovereign hand of God can take a man from the deep dark dungeons, amen, in one hour and elevate him to the pinnacle of power of a Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, you're in charge of my whole kingdom and you answer to nobody but me. Do what you've got to do. Why? Because he had a calm faith. In the situation, there's something different about this guy. Now church, can this world that's out there scared to death over Corona look at me and know I'm a Christian and say, now there's something different about that person? The years go by. He just keeps running to the refuge. Sitting by the river. Listen to what it says in, in, in Genesis 41 and verse 51. And Joseph, and this is 20 years now, 20 years has passed now since his brother sold him into slavery. He ain't seen him. Joseph called the name of his firstborn son Manasseh. This is what it means. For God, now who, who he, he's still mindful of God. God hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Listen, he ain't forgot he's got a father. He ain't forgot he's got brothers. But he's not holding hatred in his heart toward them. Amen. Yeah. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. And I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's running to the refuge. You listen, brethren, there's times in our lives when we've been lied on, cheated, and backbet. And now, I mean, brother, treated every which way, used and abused by family and friends. But if you run to the refuge, amen. And you walk with God and you reconcile with God, you're going to have to forgive. For He gave us, He forgave us of our sins. Then He said in that second son's name was Ephraim. For God, see, he, He's still mindful of God. God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Yeah, I'm still in affliction. But God's caused me to be fruitful. God's blessing my life in spite of me. God's blessing me in spite of what my family thinks about me. So I'm just going to keep my eyes on God. I'm just going to keep running to the refuge and sitting by the river because I know God's got a plan and a purpose for my life. He showed me that 20 years ago and I still don't understand it. Folks, we've got to understand something. God don't get in a hurry. Amen. Ruin by implication. Guess what? Boy, the, the seven years of starvation and desolation come now. Guess who come knocking on the door? And guess what they did? They bowed and humbled themselves prostrate with their face at the feet of Joseph. Just like God said. Amen. And you know what he did? He fell on their neck and he kissed them. 
And he embraced them. Why? Because he had forgotten all that hatred and animosity he had built up in his heart toward them. He forgave them a long time ago. He fell on their neck and embraced them and he kissed them. Amen. And he said, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good to save much people. Brother, that's reconciliation. We see here, God has reconciled a dysfunctional family. God can do it. If you just keep running to the refuge and walking with God, in spite of the circumstances and the toils of tribulation, Not only, well, there's another drought in the Bible. I'll give you one more before we move on. Y'all remember Elijah? He prayed and shut up the heavens. There was no rain. Now, he, he, God didn't shut up the heavens because Elijah prayed. No, he's praying Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13. God told his people, if you'll love me with all your heart and soul and keep my commandments, I'm going to give you the former rain and the later rain. You'll have oil. You'll have grain. You're going to have grass for your cattle. And you'll have fruitful and multiply. But beware lest you be deceived and you go whoring after the gods and you forsake my commandments. I'll shut up the heavens and there'll be no rain. And now Elijah is saying, Lord, you said it back yonder. If you ever going to shut up the heavens, do it now. I mean the people, wicked Jezebel and Ahab, uh, they are leading your people in rebellion against you to renounce you and, rebe- and, and reject you. Now, Lord, if you ever going to shut up the heavens, God, do it now. God cut her off. For three and a half years, folks, we've only been experiencing corona for a year. What if this stuff just keeps going? God ain't in a hurry if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. God shut it up, brother, and there became starvation and desolation and desperation. Brother Lord told him, go up to Mount Carmel and go show yourself to Ahab. And brother, you know the story, they went up on Mount Carmel. Brought all the false prophets of Baal up there and he said, all right, the God that answers by fire, he's going to be the true and the living God. And brother, I tell you what, he said, now y'all go first. And brother, they, they jumped and they jigged and they wallowed and squalled and bawled and done everything possible. But their God did not answer by fire. You know why? There was no God. That's what religion is. Amen. Figment of the man's imagination. How he controls his God. Just like Cain. And it came the time of the evening sacrifice. Elijah repaired the altar of God. You know why he had to repair it? It had been forsaken by the people of God. And it's laid desolate. He repaired the altar of God, put the sacrifice, and he prayed. Now, what did he pray? You would think he'd pray for rain. It ain't rained three and a half years. No, their spiritual, their physical condition is not his concern. That's right. It's their spiritual condition. Because brother, he prayed to shut up the heavens. And brother, for three years, there's been starvation and desolation and desperation. And that's what's wrong with us folks. We just ain't there yet. Ruined by implication. God cut it off. And brother, when he prayed, he said, God, 
that this people may know that you are the one true living God. Let your fire fall and the fire fail and the people fail on their faces and they said, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Desolation is for humiliation. They're on their face confessing. They've been reconciled to God. God is God. Amen. Here's my point. What drought are you experiencing tonight? Maybe in your family. Friends. Co-workers. School. What desolation is taking place in your life tonight to get you to the place of desperation and humiliation on our face before God to acknowledge God I need some help. He'll do what he's got to do. Not only did he say, if I shut up the heavens, what did he say? If I send locusts to devour the land. Now there's, I mean, you can see beasts and bugs obeying the voice of God all through the Word of God Why he created them. They got more sense than humans do. God tells a fish, go get in the net. He just goes gets in the net. Y'all remember Jonah? I mean, the Word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to Nineveh, cry against it. See, God's got a plan and a purpose even for that wicked city. Their sin is ever before me. You go tell them. He yes, I don't want to do what God says. And brother, it says God sent a wind. God prepared a whale. And He swallowed Jonah. And now Jonah's in the whale motel. <laughs> Brother, that's desolation. That's desperation, amen. I've never been that low, amen. I've been low. But the Bible said in the belly of that whale, He said salvation is of God. He's now reconciled with God. He's repented. And God told the whale to spit Him out. Folks, it ain't a miracle to me the whale swallowed Him. It's a miracle to me that he spit him out. And he spit him out. Get this. He went and preached and done exactly what God said. And the greatest revival recorded in the Word of God. All of Nineveh, from the richest of the rich, the poorest of the poor, put on sackcloth and ashes. That's humility. They humbled themselves before God. They cried out to God. And they experienced the salvation of God. Desolation is ruined by implication for humiliation. And reconciliation. Brother, God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come repentance. Amen. This pleased God to save this wicked city and forgive them of their sins. Watch this. Jonah 4, verse 1, it says, It, it displeased Jonah exceedingly. Wow. Brother, this whole city got. Saved and right with God, me and Brother Martin should be running and shouting. Amen. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he said in verse 2, I knew you would be gracious. I knew you would show mercy. And I knew you would forgive them. And I didn't want you to. I don't like them people. Don't want them in our church. Now get this. He's grieved over the grace of God. 
He goes out there mad. He's going to sit down and I'm going to wait till the judgment of God falls. Amen. He builds him a little booth to get in out of the sun and the grace of God grows him a gourd. Said so the Lord prepared him a gourd, grew him a gourd to keep the sun off of him. See, God's, God's working in our lives and we don't even know. God's merciful to us even in our disobedience to Him. God grew him a gourd. Now watch this. In Jonah 4 verse 6 it says, Jonah was exceedingly glad for the gourd. I think Jonah was Baptist. <laughs> He's grieved over the grace of God. What brings God pleasure? Listen, reconciliation amen, is to bring humanity and, and, and save us by His grace. Amen. Regenerate us, redeem us, and brother, reconcile us to present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight for all of eternity. That's the plan, the purpose, and the pleasure of God. But Jonah's grieved over that. He gets no pleasure in what brings God pleasure. He only got pleasure in what brought Him pleasure. Hello? Are we getting that? Boy, I could preach right there all night. See, it's like we're only consumed and concerned with the provisions of God that God has in my life. We really ain't concerned about others. The others that are lost, dying, and going to hell without God, without hope. No, we don't, we don't really worry about that. We just, we're just glad for the gourd that's over my head. See, we're grieved over the grace of God, but we're glad for the gourd. We're not concerned what brings Him pleasure. We're only concerned what brings us pleasure. Oh, God, help us. And the Bible said, God sent a worm and ate His gourd. Now, here's my point. What worm's eating on your gourd tonight? Brother, God sends worms into our lives to eat our gourd. The very things that have come into our life by the very grace and the hand of God. God giveth, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Ruined by implication for reconciliation. Not only we seem to drought and destruction. Here's the last one. We'll get to this and quit. He said, if I send pestilence upon my people. The Bible's full of pestilences. Famines. Disease. Dead. Remember, he sent plague after plague after plague into Egypt. But none of them plagues delivered the people out of bondage. He said, I'm going to send one more plague. And it'll be the death of the firstborn. Now, this ain't the firstborn of the Egyptians that delivered the people out of bondage, folks. Because he told them to take a lamb. Not just any lamb, a particular lamb. A lamb without spot, without blemish. And you kill that lamb on a certain day, on a particular way, and you take that blood and you apply it to the doorpost and the lintel. And he said in Exodus 12, 13, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague, that's what he called it, the plague shall not destroy. You listen, church. I'm finna quit. God's looking for one thing in your life. 
He's looking for the blood of the firstborn. Yeah. See, that firstborn, that particular lamb had to be a lamb of the firstborn. Again, this is a picture of Christ, our Passover lamb. He was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. He is the Lamb without spot and without blemish. It says in Isaiah 53, Amen, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace. Are we still talking about peace? The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. Amen. By His stripes we are healed. The stripes that wounded Him and cut that veil of flesh and the precious blood of the Lamb without spot, without blemish flowed from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. There is a fountain filled with blood. Brother Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. It says in Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Brother Jesus Christ was the firstborn that died to liberate us and reconcile us to God. And even He experienced desolation. Because it says in Isaiah, it pleased God to bruise Him. Ruined by implication for what? Humiliation. What did He pray in that garden? Father, not my will, but Thine be done. said He was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. He humbled Himself. Brother, through that death, through the resurrection, He brings salvation. And reconciliation to a holy God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. I read that it's in the Bible and I'm going to quit. Romans 5 and listen to verse 9. Much more than being now justified. How? By His blood. That word justified just simply means it's just as if we never sinned. If you have run to the refuge, brother, you have come to the Lord Jesus Christ, received His salvation, security, and strength. Amen. Brother, you are justified in the very eyes of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, clothed in His righteousness, filled with His Spirit, made a new creature in Christ Jesus. And brother, it's just as if we've never sinned when we stand in the presence of God, holy, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight. Amen. We shall be saved from the wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. How? By the death of His Son. Much more than being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received, the King James says atonement, but that word in the Greek means reconciliation. We have received reconciliation. I'm not waiting to be reconciled. I am reconciled. I am forgiven. I am justified, sanctified by the work of grace. Father, tonight, oh God, how You are working desolation in so many of our lives. You're doing so much, Lord, that we're not even aware of. 
Lord, I pray that tonight You would give us a space to repent where we have neglected You. Where we have disowned You. Rebelled and renounced and rejected You and Your authority. Oh God, that we would humble ourselves tonight upon our face and say, Oh God, forgive me of my sin. That I might be reconciled to You by Your blood. Oh God, help us. Don't leave us to ourselves. We know your arm is not short that you cannot save and your ear is not deaf that you cannot hear. Go, God, hear us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen as we stand to sing tonight. Softly and gently, Jesus is calling. Oh, do you have a need tonight? A need of being reconciled to a holy God? You might know that you're a child of God just like Jonah, but you're in disobedience. You might be like Jonah. You know you're a child of God, but back it up on God. God sending the desolation into your life to get you to the place of desperation and humiliation. To acknowledge, God, I'm not where I need to be. Lord, I'm not what I ought to be. Though our sins be as scarlet, they should be made white as snow. Won't you come home tonight? Why tarry when Jesus is calling? If you're lost tonight, you can be reconciled to a holy God through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can be made righteous in the eyes of God. If He's drawing you, He's calling you, you can come. No one comes to the Father except He draws. He draws by the Word of God and the Spirit of God that convicts us of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. Come unto Me, all ye labor heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you. Learn of Me. Learn of Me. Oh, there's so much of the Lord we don't know. Oh, we would learn Him tonight. You say, Brother Scott, I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved. But are you faithful to Him? Are you walking with Him? Are you worshiping? Are you working for Him? You say, no, I'm not doing that. Then you're out of the will of God. You may be sending drought into your life. Desolation. Get us to the place of humiliation. To just get prostrate before you. Say, God, I need you. I need you in the situation of my family. I need you in the situation of my church. I need you in the situation of my marriage, in the situation of my home. I need you in the situation of my life. 
Lord, I'm looking to you as the orphan finisher of my faith. Faith for you who calleth who also will do it. He that's begun a good work in you will perform it. He'll complete it. And all of us here tonight will work in progress. We're just a work in progress. I'm not going to manipulate. You're not here to beg. You're here tonight. You're lost. You want to be saved. We're not asking to join the church. We invite you to Christ. As he just plays softly, bow your head and pray right in that pew. If you get tired, you can sit down. We're fixing the clothes. But pray. Come, behold. The works of the Lord. What desolations the Lord has made. Behold, observe the hand of God in your personal life. What is God doing in your life tonight? What's He doing? Now when you acknowledge what He is doing, you need to acknowledge, Lord, why are you doing it? Lord, why are you doing this? Then you need to acknowledge, Lord, what now? Lord, what do I need to do about it? Lord, what do I need to do tonight? Because I'm aware of Your stretched out hand in my life. Your pledge to present me holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in your sight. Lord, I acknowledge I'm not there. Lord, what do I need to do? And as we sing this next verse, he'll plainly reveal to you what to do, but then it's up to you to do it. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And agreement means the the lack of opposition. So if you know the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, for the pleasure of God for your life, and you walk out that door in rebellion, rejecting, renouncing God, you ain't leaving in peace. Brother, we need some peace. You need peace. We're justified by faith. We have peace with God the Lord Jesus Christ as we say. Come on.
Concordia Parish, right here in Lake St. John, right here in my heart. My heart, not yours. It's restoring my heart. Something that God has done in me that causes me to say, God, what do I need to do? Can I walk into now? Can I tell anybody, somebody, something about what God has done for me? We're going to sing one more song. One more hymn. Not so, but just one more hymn. And uh, I don't know. Maybe God's speaking to your heart. <coughs> Whatever it is He's saying, do it before it's everlasting too late. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have made up my mind. I've decided to follow Jesus. I ain't turning back. Don't turn no way. Amen. Boy, I'll tell you what. God is good. Amen. I don't know. Is that still ticking off? Yeah, I think.